What's going on, everyone? Josh White here. Welcome to a very special episode of the Hero Front Podcast. In this EOD Memorial Special, we have not one, not two, but three captivating episodes lined up for you. Prepare to be moved, inspired, and enlightened as we delve into the remarkable world of explosive ordnance disposal, otherwise known as EOD technicians. Every year on the first Saturday in May, the EOD Memorial Ceremony is held to commemorate fallen EOD technicians to recognize and preserve the legacy of the service and sacrifice of our fallen warriors and their families. This is the event that I attended this year and the following episodes you're going to hear were all recorded at this very special event. So join us as we sit down with a diverse range of guests all intimately connected to the EOD community. In our first episode, we have the honor of speaking with Stephen O'Donnell, an Army and Marine Corps EOD veteran and the proud owner of the Master Blaster Coffee Company. Stephen, also known as The Push-Up Guy, shares his powerful story and sheds light on the challenges faced by White Star Widow, Mrs. Joanne Nelson. You see, Stephen is going to start bringing one White Star member every year. He's going to sponsor one. And this is his way to show these families that they are not forgotten. You see, Joanne tragically lost her husband to suicide. And we dive deep into her journey since that painful event that disrupted her life at that time and how she has gotten through that the tools that she learned we go we go deep y'all and i gotta give a shout out to joanne for being so transparent uh and i was really humbled to see everyone kind of surround her and show her that love and show her that she still has this eod family it was it was actually very touching in the second installment of our eod memorial special we introduce you to mario kovash an eod veteran and co-creator of the groundbreaking initiative Project Felix. Discover how this innovative project is revolutionizing the EOD landscape and making a profound impact on the lives of those involved. Their mission is to cultivate dialogue within the military community and beyond. First responders, firefighters, police, there's a lot of amazing folks coming together and supporting each other and it's all happening at Project Felix. Finally, in our third and last EOD episode of the Memorial Series, we have the privilege of hearing from Carlos Sanchez, a Chief Master Sergeant currently serving as a Legislative Fellow in Washington, D.C. Gain a unique perspective on the intersection of military service and legislative affairs as Carlos shares his experiences and sheds light on the vital role played by the Department of Defense Legislative Fellowship Program. Throughout these three episodes, we explore an array of compelling topics, leaving no stone unturned. From the significance of the EOD memorial and the distinction between PTSD and PTSI to the heartbreaking reality of losing a loved one to suicide and the alarming 22-a-day crisis, we delve deep into the challenges faced by the EOD community. Moreover, we touch on crucial subjects such as transitioning out of the military, post-traumatic growth, and the quest for identity and purpose. 
Prepare to be astounded by the unwavering camaraderie and support within the EOD community. These incredible guests embody the very essence of what the military represents as they selflessly devote themselves to the safety of others and the success of their missions. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and enlightened as we embark on this extraordinary journey together. I also want to give a special shout out to Chief Heath Temple for extending the invitation to me. And another huge shout out to Jason Umlaw for orchestrating these captivating interviews. Don't miss out on this EOD Memorial Special where you'll witness the power of resilience, courage, and unity in the face of unimaginable challenges. Let's get after it. I'm here with Stephen O'Donnell. By the way, you're a kick-ass dude. I love your vibe. I love what you're all about. Thanks. Appreciate that. I didn't realize we were starting off with uh, telling lies about me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're going to hit the ground running, brother. Outstanding. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm also here with your special guest, Joanne Nelson. And I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, and I'm very thankful that you're in good hands. Steven, you know, although I just met him, I, I love what the guy's all about. I love where his heart's at. Um, and I think you're in great hands and I'm and I'm appreciative of you of your transparency of your bravery and your willingness to come and, and still be a part of this EOD family um, so I want to thank you for being here today too thank you thank you yes ma'am so uh, we have some topics here picked out Stephen uh, you picked out diffusing 22 plus PTSD versus PTSI transition and master blaster coffee which well, is yeah and uh wanted to start off with the white star family uh program or the white star family members that exist out there absolutely because that's uh that's why joanne is here with us this weekend doing doing uh participate in the eod memorial weekend for with us um it was important to me when i asked her to join us and master blaster coffee sponsored her to come join us here in uh, in florida that uh, she knew that she was a part of a family, you know, that she's not, her husband's gone and he was EOD, but she's not, she's not, uh, she has access to family. We are family. And I think she, we talked a lot about that coming up to getting to this point, you know, over the weeks prior to coming here. Um, but I think it really hit home, hit home yesterday when Joanne had the opportunity to actually meet people at the EOD Warrior Foundation, meet people at Crab Zone, um, sit down at breakfast with uh, a close friend of mine, Naomi, uh, her and her husband. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's important, very important that White Star family members realize their spouse may be gone, but we're still here. Steven, I think that's that's a beautiful thing that you're doing. I really do. It touches my heart, um, especially as soon as I saw you. I just wanted to hug you, which I did. Um, but Stephen, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with, they're familiar with Gold Star, but not necessarily White Star. So I was hoping you could explain to us what that is. So I'd love to do that, but I'm going to add some points to it that I might feel that are relevant after Joanne has an opportunity to express the White Star family member being a White Star family member so she, she can share that information. Absolutely. If that's put you on the spot <laughs> so joanne you're you're our guest of honor you know not just uh from the eod family but also with the hero front family which is the podcast that you're on right now um and so joanne to honor you your story to honor your husband i was hoping you could run us through what a white star family is 
Absolutely. Um, my husband passed away almost nine years ago, and he died by suicide. And that is what a White Star family member has been through, has uh, survived, and is surviving. And uh, I really have a passion in educating the public, military and non-military, to understand what that means, and for those families to know that they are not alone. Because my husband was retired at the time, long retired, and so I wasn't part of the military community where I live. I live in Los Angeles, in the suburbs of Los Angeles. And so for almost nine years, I've kind of been on my own. And so this weekend, to meet all these amazing, wonderful, beautiful people that treat me like family, like Stephen said they would, is, is just, uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely an amazing gift. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your husband's background? You know, what, what was his career like? Absolutely. So, um, early on, his dad was a Marine, and so they moved often, um, and then he joined the Navy, and he was in the tail end of Vietnam. I think he came in and went out, and then came back in again, and um, I actually have some stuff written down that uh, a girlfriend of mine, Jackie, she was in the Navy with him. And so she was able to give me the, the specific details, but at, I believe, 37 years old, he applied for EOD school. And everybody thought he was absolutely nuts, that he, he was too old. And he f passed with flying colors and, and loved it, loved every minute of it. And the last two years, or the last year, he was um, working with dolphins. And so he loved his work, absolutely loved it, and loved the community and, and his brothers and sisters. And um, when he retired, he started out in the, um, in the fields doing EOD work, you know, physically demanding EOD work, and, and went to marketing for environmental companies that do cleanup in chemical and explosives uh, in the U.S. and abroad. And so uh, he, he loved his work and um, he did five, he went three times to Afghanistan as a contractor and, um, and he liked it quiet at home, but he liked the excitement too that never left him, you know, that he wanted to get out there. But he was, uh, he was a, a multifaceted man, you know. Um, he, he was a musician. Um, he loved riding motorcycles. He did all kinds of things. But I'm not sure we asked what his name is. What's his name? I'm sorry. Spencer O'Neill Nelson. Okay, Spencer. Spencer, which is not a common name. I've only known like one in my lifetime. <laughs> but I love the name. I love the name Spencer. So Spencer was 37 when he was getting after EOD. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's how old I am. That's old. <laughs> I've been in 18 years. Like, I can't imagine, you know, Master Sergeant White, me, old, old and crusty senior NCO with two kids keeping me up all night trying to 
become EOD. I mean, my God, that, that guy must have been next level, you know, to go after it at that age and make it through with flying colors. That's unbelievable. It was part of his personality. If, if he wanted to get something done, he found, he found a way. He did. He always did. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, with Spencer, um, you know, we sadly lost Spencer. Um, when, what, what year did that happen? 2014. In 2014. So, you know, as you know, and, and as Stephen knows, you know, veteran suicide is, has been a problem. It still is, and it's, yes. and it's continuing. Those numbers are continuing to go up. Yes. And I think, you know, we need, we need to start having these talks. Right. We need to start having these conversations. Um, so I'm really appreciative of folks like you who are kind of getting rid of the stigma a little bit. Right. Because the more we hide it, the more shameful it feels. And the, the, actually, the worse it becomes, the more isolating it becomes. One of the things that I've realized since I've been here is that I look at Stephen's age group which is 50 and, and, and younger, and then my husband's age group. And with my husband's generation, I'll call it, they didn't talk. They didn't reach out to each other. Um, there was none of that, none. And so to see the difference gives me hope. It does. And, and I think that the younger ones, they don't, they don't see that. But from my perspective, I get to see that, and it's a gift to me to see that it is changing. It is changing. Um, and, and there's so many wonderful non, um, uh, non-profits out there that, that support and that educate. And that didn't really exist. But my husband would not have, I don't, I don't believe, would have reached out to it. It's just kind of part of their group, you know, part of the way they were brought up. I don't know. But I see the difference. And it's a positive thing. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to, uh, if I may, I'd like to add to the storyline here because um, two years ago, PTSD almost took my life. I almost committed suicide. Uh, And that's when I started doing 22 a day push-ups and then adding adding an extra for chesty puller because I'm a Marine. And then um, through a group, a private group on Facebook, called after the long walk and i don't know if your uh, previous guest carlos great guy i don't know if you talked about the long walk but the long walk is us as team leaders getting in the bomb suit and walking down to a device and we're there by ourselves doing what we got to do on the device while everybody else is in the safe area okay oh wow that's so terrifying right so after the long walk is we're done with our long walks when we're off active duty uh and we're trying to be there to be supportive of each other and to prevent or bring knowledge, uh, help with crisis intervention in the sense of somebody's in a really bad spot. We've got people that are on uh, phone duty, 20, uh, you know, 24 hours or the weekend and stuff. And Jeff Truix, uh, one of the administrators, one of my brothers, uh, it's just a great group. I met Joanne through that a year ago. Okay. And in my stories i've done i've done some podcasts about my story but fast forwarding through my, tr- my my treatment uh mental health treatment and such um last october i lost a navy eod brother that committed suicide his name was ronnie morton and ronnie i didn't work with him on active duty but he was a brother that and we worked a lot together in on this in the civilian sector i saw the vacuum in his family and also in the community that was created by his death 
by him taking his own life. That could have been me two years ago. That could have been my family. That could have been the community, friends of mine that are in the community. If I had done what I what said, if I had done what I set out to do. Um, one of the important things is, I think it was around that time when when Ron, when I found out about Ronnie, or shortly thereafter, that I reached out to Joanne, and I said, I want to honor you. Join us at the memorial next May. Took a little convincing, but we worked it out. You know, and it is an honor. It is an honor to be here, to to be here and sponsor her journey here at the memorial, the memorial weekend. We had it's just it, yesterday was just amazing, absolutely amazing, and I'm so happy for you. Thank you, thank so, you. And for me, I'm I'm very private and very um, kind of isolated. So. Um, I met more people in the last two days than I have in the last two years. <laughs> yes. But I mean, you can't get enough like love and support, right? Like, right. And, and I know that's what they're they're giving you. Yes. And, and oh my there, there's goodness. no limit to that, right? Like, oh. you think this is the limit, and then you, and it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. It's incredible. Again. And it's, it's still really, not over yet. No. Right? It's amazing. And there's Gar Gold. We 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 ran into Gold Star family members here yesterday. You know, in the area yesterday. And they reached out to her and were like, it's so good that you're here. And I've, I've never met, I, because of where I live in Los Angeles, I've never met a, a Gold Star family. And so we got to talk and, and I got to meet them and it was it, it was wonderful. It was, it was really, I'm so grateful and we'll probably meet again. No, I think, <clears throat> Stephen, I think, you know, for, first of all, thank you for sharing, you know, that you were there once yourself. Oh, you yeah. were close, right? Oh, yeah. And in full transparency here, so was I at one point. That's part of why I do what I do, because I've come to realize, thank you, sir. I've come to realize sharing stories, owning your story, reflecting on it, and then being there for others ultimately is what were a lot of the healings at. Yes. And that wasn't so obvious to me when I was isolated, drinking every day by myself. No, when we have our armor on, when we have our armor on, we don't want people to know what's going on inside here. We want them or, you know, they, the PTSD allows us or tells us that we need to act a certain way or we need to do certain things a certain way. Don't let them get close to us because what we don't want is them to find out that we are a monster that we are. That's right. what I perceived of myself. Right. You know, and I'm not, I don't know what, how you felt about yourself. Everybody's PTSD is unique to them. Uh, and I look forward to talking about that a little bit later, but, you know, it's... I'm glad you're here, you know, Thank and you. I'm glad I'm here because we wouldn't be doing this. Absolutely. And, and Stephen, you, you, you know, bringing Joanne out here, that's part of your healing too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Him being able to, to yes. see you get all this love and support was something that you didn't even think was possible, right. which, wouldn't, right. which wouldn't have been possible to have your husband have his name on something. Yes. You didn't have that before, but but no. your journey with Stephen. Now you, there's a spot you can visit forever. And I plan to. I plan to come back next year. Absolutely, absolutely. And that that's part of that's part of his healing too. And it's it's, it's both of y'all that are healing together through this process. So it's stuff like that that you know we don't. When you're at that low point, you don't really think of things like this. So I'm so glad there, you know that that you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Because it's such an important part 
of being there for other people and also yourself. You know, you get so much love when you've given it to someone else. Correct. And and when you're at that low point, you can't piece that together. No. It, it doesn't, it doesn't that's not that on your mind. You know what I mean? So for you to share the, this journey the way you have and, and for you to come on the podcast and share it, I think it's, it's going to touch a lot of people's lives and, and kind of open up their mind to something they may be missing. I hope so. I hope so. I'd yes. like you to talk about uh, this, the, 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 the break. Birth? Yeah. Okay. And what that means to you, because yeah. this is, yeah. you got to hear this, this, and I hope the audience really tones in on this because it's, it's, a, it's absolutely gorgeous what she's about to share. So yesterday um, I was, I was given the opportunity to go to, the the um, EOD uh, memorial and be alone there with with uh, the EOD Warrior Foundation and with Stephen and um, I had I had filled out the information to do a brick for my husband and I, I kept procrastinating to do it and so, and so, I, so I finally did it and I was thinking to myself I, I was completely wrecked the rest of the day after I did it and I, I was trying to figure out why why, why do I feel wrecked and um, my husband wanted to be buried at sea and so I buried him at sea I also had a, um, a military funeral on the USS Midway for him but I never did a tombstone and so the the brick is like a tombstone for me because it'll be there forever and it's got the dates it's got his birthday his amazing dash he had a huge dash what he did in his lifetime and then his end date and and so going there for me is is like putting a tombstone and I got to pick where I wanted it to go, which only reinforced that more for me. And um, I don't know whether it will be put down before the ceremony tomorrow. And it does not matter to me. Either way is fine. I'm good with getting a picture of it. But I'm afraid. I'm a little bit afraid that if, if it is in the ground, that that's going to hit me even harder even harder and I have no idea what my expectation I have no expectations about what the the, the day is like what the, the what happens that yes. day and and so I have lots of Kleenex and and I get you know I have to just let myself feel whatever it is I feel and it's okay it's okay and keep telling myself that yeah. Absolutely, it's it's like it's it's become real again, right? Yes, and you it's know? it's it's a it's another way of getting to honor my husband, and it's wonderful. I mean, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful, um, and I did that through the EOD Warrior Foundation, and yeah, it, it, nothing but gratitude. Really, Absolutely. I'm I'm very proud of you too for you. for doing that. Thank you. Because I I know it's it's not an easy thing to face, right? Um, but you know, in your I heart, I had no idea that would happen. I did not know that I, that it would hit me. I didn't. Wow. It, yeah, so, so it was a big surprise. Yeah, when we showed up there yesterday, uh, she had never been to the memorial. No. Now we have the memorial wall, which is uh, there's th over 300 names on it, dating back from when EOD was founded, uh, when uh, active duty members doing their job have passed away. Okay, so 
you got the memorial wall and then recently the eod warrior foundation uh took a long time but they made a memorial garden and the memorial garden is uh a, it's a statue of a bomb a technician in a bomb squad suit holding a folded flag and that garden represents that monument represents for all eod that have died in other ways wow and she was Which able to gives the opportunity for me yeah. yeah wow that's that's amazing that that exists now um and i'm yes. i'm so proud of you for being here and i'm and i'm honored you know just hearing your story and what your husband meant to you and i'm, and I'm so everything you know just humbled that you you get to be a part of his life again in a way you know by honoring him in this in this fashion that you've helped create steven so thank you my pleasure yes sir my pleasure Okay, so Diffusing 22, that's one of your topics here, Stephen. Yeah, so um, recently I started a new initiative. Uh, apparently I have, like, I keep finding free time on my hands and I want to keep myself out of trouble, so I come up with something new to do, you know, so, so I can stay out of trouble. Smart man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what we're doing is uh, I teamed up with Todd Nunley. Now, Todd Nunley is a... Uh, He's a retired ATF agent and longtime brother of mine. I've known him for years. And they he comes from the first responder side of the family, and I come from the military side of the family. So diffusing 22 plus is obviously the the uh there's two sides of that coin. There's two sides of the suicide coin military we talk about military we talk about the numbers going up in the military but what we don't talk about or what people don't talk about out there especially from our community the military community is that numbers are skyrocketing in first responder community as well and a lot of those first responders spent time in the military to begin with and so what he, what todd and i want to do is it's just an initiative it's just a facebook page but we're trying to reach out to the community and let people know that there, that there are people there that care and we're trying to prevent the numbers from growing. So eventually, long term, uh, Todd and I'd like to start a nonprofit about it or with it. But we're trying to see if we can get some traction through social media. And, and, and I want people to feel comfortable to come to us. If they need help, they can contact us. It shares his story. It shares my story. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And Todd lives here local. So we're going to be able to see Todd uh, tomorrow at the EOD Chef's Cook-Off over at uh, Third Planet. So, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. No, I think that's, you know, Stephen, I think just keep going with your ideas, man. Yeah. You know, in your heart, when you get, when you're onto something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It just come those ideas just kind of drop, drop in your head. So I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're following through with them. Yes, sir. Um, and I think, you know, I'm going to blast that out as far as I can, far and wide. Uh, because I think it's it's super important the work that you're doing, um, but it's, but diffusing 22 that term diffusing 22 yeah. finding a way to to finally lower that number so we stop going up right and so you know my question to both of you because uh, you both unfortunately have experience in that world how do we start diffusing 22 doing what you're doing talking talking dialogue dialogue and education to me you know me it's education um at the and, and this is a, i don't know if you can put this in later or move it or something but when my husband passed away his class through his eod class he was the seventh of 35 to commit suicide i so, had my graduating class at nav school eod yeah 
at this time, I don't know how many have, but when oh, he wow. passed away in 2014, he was the seventh. Wow. And so I'm hoping that the numbers are different because your, your age group is talking, is talking. And that helps. It does. It truly does. And it removes the stigma, which is, you know, is a hard thing to crack. But, but I think uh, with people that are passionate about it, like myself, I'll do anything. I will speak anywhere and to, to any group and, um, and let them see that you can survive, you know, if, if, if it does happen. Um, but to stop it before it does, I don't want there to be more White Star families. Yeah. No, I, I thank you, Joanne, for, for sharing that. And, and if you're willing to share, is there anything from your perspective, you know, that, that, would, that you think would help someone going through something like that? Maybe some of the signs or any of the advice that Gosh. you would have. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I, I think, listen, listen, listen to your friends. And, and you know, I, don't be afraid to, to speak up if you think that they're in trouble. To speak up, to ask if they want to talk to somebody, if they need help. Yeah, don't, don't be scared to speak up. And check on them. Check on them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes we're afraid to check on them. We're thinking it's going to make it worse. Well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. our nature is like, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to bring up something bad, right. so I'm just not right. going to bring it up. But do it, do it, do it. Yeah, but we have to get into a comfortableness of of stepping over that line in the sand. We have to be able to get to a point where I haven't talked to Joe in a week or two weeks. I need to I need to reach out to him and make sure that Joe's okay. You know, when I when Ronnie when my brother Ronnie died uh, when he committed suicide back in October. It'd been two months since I talked to him. Two mm. months. Can't do that anymore. Right. Can't let that happen. You gotta reach out. You don't know how much time you have here on on this uh, rock spinning around the sun, right? Mm -hmm. And every minute counts. And every 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 friendship that you have, every relationship that you have, you gotta check on them. You never know what somebody's doing or what battle they're fighting inside. But you're not gonna know unless you talk to them. Absolutely. And I think just laying the ground, the groundwork with each person that that there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I'm not going to judge you to be, and that's something you feel from somebody. It's not doesn't matter that you say that, but you feel it from somebody that that they're not going to judge you no matter what. Yeah. No, I mean that's we were we were sitting outside this morning uh, having coffee and a cigarette, and I. I had fielded a call from somebody and she was in a bad way. You know, I'm reaching out to, I'm reaching out to my brothers and my sisters and she was in a bad way and she needed to talk, vent, get it off your chest. You know? Yeah. I'm not, I don't have any clinical background, but, and the, the guys in the people in after the long walk that I mentioned earlier, they have, you know, they've done some training and stuff. I reach out to them sp uh, sporadically over the weekends or on weekends or whatever. And just, I throw it out there in the post in that group and I say, I'm in a good place, but if anybody needs to talk, call me tonight or call me now or whenever. Just call me. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get clinical. Right. I'm not going to be able to come at you clinically.
I'm just there as your brother. Which is and let's talk. Which is a lot. Yeah. You know, we're human beings, so that connection is huge. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. I, I think that's sage advice. I and, also um, volunteer and belong to TAPS, which is a nonprofit, and I, I'm a, a peer mentor for family members, somebody that they think is close to me or close to my situation, and to be there and check in with them on a weekly basis. So that's a helpful thing also. Yeah, definitely. And, and <clears throat> Stephen, you said something that I thought made so much sense. You said that when someone when someone takes our life, it creates a vacuum. Yes. Right. It, it's it doesn't end there, right? No. That might have been there the chapter that they ended. Right. But the, but the story continues. That vacuum is created, and there's a lot of pain that goes into that that vacuum. So back in October when that situation happened, it took another month and a half before we could the family could actually have a ceremony for Ronnie. Eight eight Navy techs and myself, I think there were nine of us. Um, we went down there and we showed up for the family. We showed up for his son, his eighteen year old son. And we're not we're not sharpshooting what he did. We're there for the family. I, I, we were, you know, CJ, my brother, my other brother. We went there. We looked his mom and his sister and his son in, in the eyes and said, "Now you got nine of us. You wow. lost Ronnie. Ronnie went home, but you got us. And there's nine of us here now for you. And I, with the EOD Warrior Foundation and the coffee company, I did an event in January for the or February, or February January. It was a polar bear plunge up in Virginia. I left there and went down and made sure that I showed up again to see Kate, to see Caden, to see Carla and to be there in their face and spend time with them and let them know that family is still here. There's a lot of healing. Like when you share that trauma with people, you know, and I, I told yeah. you a little bit about my honor guard experience yes. with the funeral honors. That was a, a career field of mine for two years. And so, you know, I saw the, the healing in, sharing the burden taking some of it off their shoulders and being there for them and yes when because when you're at that lowest point the darkest moment any little bit of help any little bit of love support goes a tremendous you know distance yeah but it takes a lot of courage to like be there for someone in their darkest moment too yeah. right it takes a lot of vulnerability and courage from you as well um and so you know i I'm very thankful for what you're doing for these families because no one asks you to do that. No one's forcing you to, and it's, you just yeah. feel it in your heart that it's the right thing to do. Well, it's part of my it's part of my healing and my therapy because I've had anniversaries of brothers that have committed suicide, and it's done the absolute darkest thing to me and sent me down the wrong path. And going through my mental health th therapy and getting to where I'm at now. Being there for these families, being there for Joanne, being there for Carla and Caden, uh, and also having these anniversaries come up. Now it's something that I'm I'm proud to embrace, and I can do positive things with this instead of letting it consume me in a negative capacity. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. You're yeah. you're you're changing the story a little bit. You know we what I mean? We all write our own stories, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're kind of coming in there and changing that story a little bit. You're kind of changing it, the direction of yes. it, uh, which I think is incredible. And, and Joanne, you know, you, you've been through it, you know, as a, a suicide survivor. You know, 
how did you start to heal yourself? Was there a, a super long, dark period of time? Was there isolation? What, what, you know, if there's anyone out there who's going through what you've been through, you know, what would you tell that person? You know, there, there's no straight way. There's no straight way. Everybody is different. Every situation is different. Uh, every um, death is different. And um, healing doesn't happen. There, there is no set time with grief. There is not. And so, uh, for me, I, I, I didn't have help. And so, it's, it's funny, not funny, but to hear you call it a vacuum, Yeah. the way I described it for me is I remember um, coming home and the first person I had to call was his daughter. And, and then I went to the next circle, the next circle, the next circle. And for me, every phone call was an explosion. Yeah. It was an explosion of their emotions because my husband appeared very happy-go-lucky, was successful at what he did, and that's the side they saw. When he was home, I got to see another side, you know, that, that uh, they didn't see. So it was a big surprise for them. And um, after the, the tenth inappropriate thing that somebody said to me, I realized that they were, they were in shock. And so their filters weren't down of what came out of their mouth. It was just automatic. So take everything with a grain of salt in the beginning of what people say to you. Because they mean well. It's just that they're in shock and, and the filter is not there. Um, but it just takes time. And reach out. Reach out to your friends and your family. Um, you know, uh, TAPS is a wonderful nonprofit that that uh, they have a one eight hundred number that you can call, and and they'll find uh, you know if you need and, and there's other ones out there also that if you need therapy they will help you find somebody. Um, I was in therapy before it happened, and uh, four years later I found out that through TAPS I found out that there are trauma therapists specifically for that. So, find a trauma therapist. Look for a trauma therapist. Um, that helped me a lot. And it just took time and, and sort of relearning how to live for me. Um, and with my stepdaughter, um, th th this was important too, and I think people need to hear this, is that she was 30, I believe 30, and... And it was like two years in uh, from from when he had passed away, and I was she lives in Florida and I, I'm in Los Angeles, so we were talking a lot. She was going through cancer treatments, and she said to me, "I'm going to cry. Why was I not enough for him to stay?" Mm. It just I breaks never, my heart to hear. I never thought of that, you know. And I said, "Oh my God, no! He loved you more than anything." You know, it wasn't about that. Um, but the children, the, you know, and, and, and spouses feel that way sometimes too. I did not. He had left me a letter, and I knew he loved me, and I loved him. I didn't question that. But his daughter, that's, you know, that's, that's what she thought. And let them know, you know, that it's, it's not about them. They love them. Absolutely love them. Yeah. Now that you got me thinking of my own my kids now too. So it's, I'm starting to like, you know, get emotional just thinking of 
Why, yeah, why, your kids why did you not stay for yeah, me? I didn't even think that they could interpret it that way, but now that you say it that way, you know, that's heartbreaking. She was his hear. child. She was his child, and she was just, you know, forever she would be his child. Right. Yeah. That's heart-wrenching. Yep. So talk, talk, open dialogue, you know, uh, just, and, and if you're talking every day, um, then it becomes natural to just, for, for everybody to open up and, and talk about what their needs are as they change. Yeah, oftentimes, I mean, talking for me is helpful because I've hid so many things from myself. I was never forced to talk about it, so I just hid things. I just let it build and build. But then when I started actually talking, I, I'd surprise myself with my thoughts on something, right? Because I was avoiding it and trapping it away for so long that when I finally let it out, like there was more to it than I even realized. Yep. You know what I mean? Which was healing in itself just to find the words to describe it. Yeah. So. The, the, it's, it, I love that point that you're making though, because when you start to open up those, the boxes in your head and start going through the file, it's the depth that you get to that you didn't know existed of what the problem is or what you, how you thought about it or how it's affecting you. It's huge. Absolutely huge. So. Definitely. And it's worth it because you're worth it. Yeah. It's worth the work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Okay, Stephen, we've got a few things left here. PTSD versus PTSI. So I just had a conversation with my partner, Todd Nunley, with uh, Diffusing 22. And the D is a, uh, they call it, it's a, um, Come on, why am I not? I'm having trouble here. It's a disorder. Disorder, yes, thank you. Uh, so the D represents disorder. Now, if you look at how the first responders are referring to it as a disorder, then it's in the same class as bipolar. Oh, I see. When, you know, in bipolar, uh, my understanding is, you know, I think you can be born with bipolarism, right? Right. Okay. Uh, schizophrenia, all that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So PTSD is not something you're born with. It's something that is impacted on you, which right. I think we need to do is look at it more as an injury, which is what the PTSI stands for. The I stands for injury instead of disorder because we weren't born with this PTSD. Right. It's a reaction to it's, it's a response. It's our, it's our neurological and, and psychological response to what we, the trauma that we've received, combat, uh, childhood, whatever, and I think it's more important for us to go after it as a as a post traumatic stress injury mm. instead of a disorder. Absolutely, so no, I think that's beautiful. And I, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, I was traveling down here. I had that talk with Todd. You just asked me for those talking points, and I'm like, I gotta throw this in here. No, I I, so. I think that helps with the stigma part. It helps with can I can this be fixed? How to treat it? How to approach it? Right. The label is super important. Absolutely. Uh, and I, P, yeah, PTSI for injury, something that you weren't born with. This is a response that your psyche has created. Right. To help not let this completely break you, but. There's certain ways to deal with it, certain ways to treat it. Sure. And so how you label it is huge. And I think that's super important. You put transition uh, next after that. What, when, what did you mean by transition? So two types of transition. One, because the majority of your audience, I'm assuming, is military, right? Mm -hmm. um, transitioning out of the military is, is difficult. It's in, in, in itself is a, an endeavor uh, that uh, should not be 
uh, easily overlooked. No, I hear a lot of the depression, the the post-service suicides comes from losing the community, yeah. losing their purpose, and ultimately not knowing their identity or who they are anymore. Right. And they not feel being able abandoned. To, right. They, the, the isolation in the community is just over overwhelming yes uh to, and it's two extremes right you're going from this structured life where you got your your health care your family's taken care of you know you your housing's taken care mm-hmm. of you know you know what your mission is you know what you need to do you feel the purpose you feel the community and then just like that that's gone and you're a civilian yeah and it, it's i think Specifically, it's uh, it's more difficult for it's difficult for everybody, but it's I think more difficult for those of us that are in high impact jobs like EOD, uh, special operations. Um, you can't recreate that anywhere. No, you can't. I can't go down the street here in Fort Walton and sign up for EOD as a civilian. No, right? Uh, no. And so well, you can't recreate it. It's well, like this is where it lives. So. This, this goes back to the, the diffusing 22 when I mentioned a lot of veterans are in first responders or first responders because first responders, EMT, firefighter, law enforcement, TAC ops guys, canine, whatever, they all, they all belong to a new community. It is a community on its own. And a lot of veterans transition into that because it's another community and they feel like they're a part of a group. You know, they are a part of a group, but, um, my point with the transition was, um, you know, you got it. It hits harder, I think, for single people that are not, that don't have a support at home. They don't have, uh, you know, my I've ruined every relationship I've ever been in. I personally have done that. My PTSD has helped me do that. You know, hmm. so every time I got out of the military, I was in a relationship, but I ended up destroying that relationship, and then here I am by myself, all I go over again. So, how do I stop that? How do I stop that circle of it's tough? Yeah, it's very tough. Yeah, but the transition you got to take, you got to it's 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 not just out of the military, it's transitioning yourself from what you think you are, you know, with with your PTSD to becoming a better version of yourself. That's transition as well. Definitely, you got to put the hard work in it if you want it, have to. You got to find that that purpose is there, you just need to redirect it, correct. Right, and you got to get the minutia that's the clutter that's in there. You got to get all that out of the way so that you can focus on what you need to focus on for yourself. So that you think that you're worth it. You know now that you're worth it. You start believing that you're worth it every day. Wow, that's beautiful. And I want to I want to thank you so much for sharing that, uh, Stephen, because I'm about to retire in two years, so this stuff's on my mind. Absolutely. So talking to people like you, you know, you're what you're doing as a as a veteran is inspiring to me. Good. Because you found a way, you. yes, sir. You found a way to still be with us, to still be in the community. You found your own niche to make that happen. Beautiful point. Because uh, I last year I came to the UD Warrior Foundation's memorial with the coffee company. I hadn't been to the memorial in twenty years. Oh wow! I have brothers, and I've worked in the community, government contracting. All sorts of stuff. Use my EOD knowledge in all sorts of different jobs. But being back here where it all started, I hadn't done it in 20 years. 20 years. Wow, that must have been powerful. Well, my PTSD almost, you know, me succumbing to my PTSD almost happening that two years ago has changed my outlook on this. And now I know where I have that purpose. I can come here every year and I can show my brothers and sisters 
that they are important and I can bring things to light like Joanne with the White Star Family Programs and I can share with the community to help the community grow. I mean, just your presence here, like now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. just your presence here is a statement in itself. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because like I see you, you. who's been in a, in, in a dark place just like I've been, but I'm seeing that you're here. Yeah. You're helping change lives. You're still here. You're still fighting, and you still found that purpose. And you're and you're you're doing amazing things with your life. I'm trying every day, despite the struggle. Absolutely, and it is a struggle right. every day. And you're here, ma'am. You know, although you went through something super traumatic, you're here to take you know ownership of that part of your life and to still honor your husband in your own way and help others. But that's what yes. I'm saying. Like, yeah, think of like the spouses out there who aren't thinking they're either worthy enough to show up or shameful or they're isolated but they see you they see you here you know that's going to give them that inspiration that hope to to take that step themselves so, i hope so i uh, hope yeah. so so just yes, your please. presence just your existence here is a huge testament in itself it was not easy for me it was not. no there were a lot of <laughs> a lot of phone calls i just over yeah, the last yeah, you know, six yeah. months seven months or so it, but yeah it's all good. Right. Yeah, How do you feel now? So, I feel wonderful. And, and I'm so, I mean, I was grateful. I, I was absolutely grateful. I was just scared because I didn't know what to expect. And and I certainly don't, I, I want to honor him and, and honor my position as well as being the first one. And that's that was my uh, my concern. And, and I don't feel that way now. No, but every day is growth, and and it's it's big spurts of growth for me while I'm here, and it's it's wonderful. I embrace it, wow. and I want more. I'm super proud of you. Thank Seriously. you. Thank you. <laughs> Last thing to talk about before we wrap it up here. Yeah. Master Blaster Coffee. Let's get it. You've got the shirt. <laughs> I've got the shirt. You. We've got we, the stickers. We've got stickers. We've got we've got <laughs> merchandise. We've got we. I want to share. We uh, we launched pods this week too. Finally, so uh, for your pod machines that you have, I have to be careful not to say a certain word because it's uh, <laughs> it's trademarked, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay, <laughs> from a competitor. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? So, uh, so we we launched pods. It's medium roast only. I mean, we're a small business, right? Small veteran, small veteran owned business. Gotcha. Um, I have the wonderful support of my partners in this job, but they made me the milk carton guy, you know, threw me out there in the public and said, run with it and see how we're going to do with this. So it's been an, it's been an amazing experience and uh, um, really looking forward to it, uh, to continuing to do this, you know, and as Joanne said, she's the first, I plan on bringing another white star family member here next year. Absolutely. Where can we find Master Blaster Coffee? So it, it sounds are, epic, and I want to try it immediately. Yes. I wish I could try it right now. Well, I, I, we should. I should have planned better for you and brought you a, 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 a mug of freaking coffee this morning. I'm sorry about that. It's all so, um, but the and I got a bag of coffee out in the truck for you, so you're going to get one anyway before yes. I, before I leave here. <laughs> um, it's like I run around and just like you know. Uh, well, you, you got, you're complaining about this. You're complaining about this. Here's a bag of coffee. Put a smile on your face. I mean, you no know? one's going to be upset about that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, but it's great coffee. Um, everybody I work with in the industry is is a veteran. My roaster's a veteran. He's a Navy veteran. My marketing and advertising guy is a Green Beret that I worked with in Afghanistan in 2010, uh, 2010 and 11. Uh, my merchandise people, 
they are, uh, he's a Navy veteran, you know, and his spouse. Um, I've got a guy that uh, is in the finance. He's a, he's a, uh, used to be EOD and he's my bookkeeper. And wow. he's going to be here tomorrow for us to be sitting at the table for the book, for the actual formal ball. You wow, know, you've just created this community. I'm working on it. I mean, I, the advertisements are community coffee, community conversation, or, you know, somewhere in that long. And I, and I also say, conquer your day. Got coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, so, um, yeah, we're super excited. Uh, Master Blaster is, is growing. I'm happy about it. Uh, it's my way of giving back to this wonderful community that I belong to, the uh, EOD technicians, the men and women that are uh, a little off kilter like myself that work on bombs. You know, we just have fun. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So where can we find this coffee? Okay, so it's on, it's on Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Um, but Facebook's the easiest. It's just Master Blaster Coffee LLC on Facebook. Uh, if you like and follow, you can get uh, you can go straight to our page from from there to order. It's all e-commerce based. So when you order coffee, it goes to my roaster out in Texas. He does a small batch roast of whatever you ordered, and then mail drop drop ships it directly to you. And then I have that that same working uh, relationship with my uh, merchandise people as well. So, oh wow! So yeah. you got this thing streamlined. Oh yeah, and uh, I've been doing collaborations. There's a uh, my bu my buddy Scott. He's doing a, a chili. He's making chili for the cook off over there in uh, at Third Planet tomorrow for the EOD Chefs cook off. And uh, I don't want to let the secret out. Well, you're not going to. This will be like what? What a week before you throw this out? No idea. I have ADD, so who knows? <laughs> okay, fair enough. It, it won't be that. It could be tomorrow. It could be. That's fine. Three months from so now. So anyway, Scott. Scott. Uh, <laughs> Scott. Scott used my coffee in the making of his chili. Oh, as one of the oh, secret ingredients. Great. No yeah. way. So I've got. He him. just sprinkled a little bit of that master <laughs> well, blast no, on he, there. He brewed it and then you know used the the actual the actual coffee liquid, not the coffee wow. grounds. Okay. Right, but I've done I've done a collaboration with other businesses too, though. Um, Ginger and David, who are my merchandise people, she owns Troop Toffee, which is a, a seasonal toffee company and they made three different different versions or blends of toffee this year with our coffee oh heck yeah and then uh smoothboard drinkware is another veteran-owned small business marine and uh i do like he makes mugs look like uh 155 rounds 155 millimeter rounds he just paints the look you know the the stenciling on it and everything mm -hmm. And he laser etched Master Blaster into the backside of these Yeti cups. Oh. So, and then I've got another one, uh, Inert Mugs. Uh, another guy, Inert Mugs, he wants to do a collaboration with me, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, you talk about a journey. You got your hands full. Yeah. Yeah. And, In a good way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working on contracts. People want wanting coffee. You know, businesses want coffee. It's all kind of just falling into place. And I'm taking it as it is. One thing I do, I haven't said yet on this cast, and I wanted to throw this out there, uh, Josh, is this. As you do your journey and as you grow and you heal, count your blessings every damn day. Just little ones, big ones, all of them. Count Gratitude. your blessings. Absolutely. Humility and understanding where they come from. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. It's important. That was a beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful final thought. And I appreciate that. As we wrap it up, Joanne, do you have any final thoughts for us? 
I, I agree. And, and a sentence that I've been taught is gratitude changes your attitude. It does. Yes, it does for me. And uh, every day, every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Gratitude. That's what we're going to end with. All right. Gratitude. Awesome. Let's Even for the littlest things. Yeah. Absolutely. They you count. Gotta pause they count. And, yes, you got to pause and you got to be thankful for those little wins, right? Yeah. Yes. Because they mean something in the long run. Those little things are built that is what sends us upwards, right? Yeah. One step at a time. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And especially in tough times, uh, I think that's the most important time to, to, to stick to it, to write a list, you know, every day, every day. Absolutely. <clears throat> Stephen, I want to thank you. Joanne, I want to thank you. Thank you. You two have been thank amazing you. to share your story, to do what you're doing, to show up in your thank husband's you. honor. Uh, you know, I'm going to dedicate this episode to Spencer and thank his legacy. Thank you so legacy. much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Oh, you're going to make me cry. But this is dedicated oh. to Spencer and, and also um, to you, you know, showing up. And, and being there for him and being there for yourself, it speaks volumes. So I want to thank you so much for, for being here with us today. Seriously. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been an incredible episode. Um, and this is The Hero's Journey of Stephen O'Donnell and Joanne Nelson. Thank you.